0: hey you guys and welcome back to Cinegrade the podcast where we take a movie and give it a score in five different categories of filmmaking after which we give it its own personal grade my name is chelsea my name is elsa and we are both film students and movie lovers based in vancouver bc and this is our first podcast Yay! isn't that exciting uh today we're talking about a movie that is very personal to my childhood Ooh. what about you
1: Um, I definitely watched this a lot when I was a kid. I think I, I don't know if I remember watching this, like the first movie too much as a kid because for some reason on like TV, they always did like runs of all of the movies. And for some reason, my family always decided to turn on. The, the like rerun of all three movies when it was the third movie so I remember the third movie a lot as a child that's the saddest weird. thing I've ever heard <laughs> it really is but um but we still watched the first movie a ton and it is like one of the uh the best movies that I remember growing up watching and I was like this is great it's just the so fun. The fact that
0: Back to the Future 3 <laughs> is the movie that you remember most out of all the trilogy. No, not
1: the third one. Oh,
0: the first one I mean? remember
1: the first one. I just remember watching the third one the most randomly. Do you remember seeing I it the first for the one. first time? I don't know if I do. Because, like, this is a
0: movie that every summer me and my brother would watch this trilogy over and over. Like, at least once a summer we would watch all three of them. If not, like, twice a year would I watch them all. But I think the first one's definitely the one I've seen the most, and the third one I've seen the least, because I think the third one's
1: the worst. (laughs) I mean, it definitely is the worst, but for some reason I've seen it. I I think it's just that uh, TV stations like playing the third one for some reason. I don't know why. I don't know if I've ever seen this movie played on TV. Yeah, I think around Christmas they like to do, like, runs of all three movies. Why? (laughs) I don't know Why? It's kind of like Harry Potter. They do a bunch of runs of Harry Potter at Christmas, who knows why.
0: Yeah, it's kind of weird now because we don't really have those cable movies.
1: Yeah, like it was one back of the, like,
0: then. I mean back when people had cable. I mean they still do to a extent, but like now it's like streaming services are really what you're going on. Like those movies would just play over and over.
1: Yeah, people, I mean, it's a series that is loved, obviously. Everyone loves Back to the Future. Yeah. Um so it's just one that's... It's very easy to watch, too. You can just kind of catch in whenever what's happening. You know what's happening. Yeah, it's, it's just a good one to put on the TV. Like, I can't
0: remember a time before having seen Back to the Future. Really? Yeah. I, we just... We watched it. I mean, my parents were kind of at the age where... Like, when I think my mom was, like, 24 when this movie came out. Mm-hmm. And they're kind of older. So I don't know if it's because my parents were at that age or if... Like that's why I've seen it so much because they've shown it to me. Maybe like it blew my mind when I was when I got to like grade seven and there were people who hadn't seen this movie. Wow! It blew my mind more when I got to like university and there were people who hadn't seen the movie.
1: Definitely like I know my family really liked it because also like my brother's very sciencey. Yeah. He likes sciencey things, so it's it even as like a child, he really liked sciencey stuff. So it was also like a good one for our family to watch for my brother's interest because he loved sciencey things and we were like oh he's he's just in this movie we can imagine it,
0: <laughs> even with all the probably not scientifically accurate stuff
1: yeah i mean it's still fun yeah I mean, it's a great movie it's one
0: of maybe the most iconic movies I can think of. It is very iconic. And I feel like the 80s really tended to have those characters. Like, I feel like the 80s has more iconic characters than
1: any other decade of film. It is weird. It's not necessarily have the best movies. It's weird to think that characters... Like, there's so many characters from the 80s. Like, who's an iconic character? I mean, we're thinking about Back to the Future, Indiana but like,
0: Jones? Yeah. Yeah, there you oh, go. Oh,
1: man, that is
0: 80s. Yeah, indeed.
1: Oh, man. Um...
0: Star Wars? That was, like, late 70s. But, like, two of those movies still, came out yeah. in the 80s.
1: There's a lot of iconic things from I just the 80s. feel like
0: if you if we thought harder about it, I'm pretty sure lots of them come from the 80s. Yeah. Anyways, so I guess we'll get into fun facts about this movie. It was written by Robert Zemeckis and Bob Gale after Bob Gale had a yearbook with his father in it where it showed that he was class president. He was like, oh, I never knew that. I wonder if I'd be friends with my father if I went back in time. <laughs> So uh, that was sort of the basis idea for it. So they started writing the script, and I think it was a lot different at the beginning. I think the DeLorean was originally like a time-traveling refrigerator.
1: (laughs) Oh my god. (laughs) I think that'd be great. (laughs) I think that's uh, exponentially worse. It would make (laughs) it much more of a meme of a movie than like a, a cool movie. You know, he's like, I'm making it out of a car. It's going to be cool.
0: Well, I mean, imagine Doc Brown being like, yeah, I made a, a, a time... a refrigerator. You made a time machine
1: out no, of a old. refrigerator? <laughs>
0: out of a Frigidaire? <laughs> Frigida- Sponsored <laughs> by Frigidaire. Is that what
1: it's called? <laughs> I think so. There's a bunch of different brands of refrigerators.
0: Anyways. Sam. So, they wrote the movie, but it ended up getting rejected over and over because... Mostly because at the time, in the 80s, it wasn't sexual enough. This is a time when, like, Porky's was the type of movie that was coming up to be big. So if it wasn't enough, like, raunchy teen comedy, people didn't think it would be big. Mm -hmm. And that's sort of a a trend that comes along when you get to, like, those John Hughes movies that I love. Because his movies, you know, like The Breakfast Club or Ferris Bueller's Day Off just weren't raunchy enough. People didn't think they were going to work. But they did. But obviously that's wrong movies like, I mean, Back to the Future is huge. Yeah. And I don't know. Anybody in my life who's ever seen Porky's. I haven't even seen that yeah. movie. <laughs> so it's interesting where at the time they thought that that was going to be the and I I guess to an extent it was the big thing cuz those movies were popular, but these other movies just I guess they tended to have more of the deeper meaning that people actually wanted.
1: I think it's kind of the difference between like things that are just popular at the time and things that actually like mean something and stick in society because something imp- can be popular at the time and everyone loves it. And they're like, Oh, it's great. Mm-hmm. But like there's select things that everyone s- will love at the time, but they just like hold something that like works with every generation after it too. So they yeah. actually stick like TikTok's not going to stick. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, that's like, a medium, but, of like, like entertainment. a medium. But it's
1: kind of the same idea where it's like, there's a lot of like, media things that people are like oh we love this it's great everyone's gonna do this but it doesn't stick around it like things change over time but then there'll be one kind of thing that kind of sticks through all of it Mm -hmm. you know yeah
0: so they had the movie it kept getting rejected they even brought it to disney but really? uh, Disney was like, Back to the mm, Future but by Disney. Mom likes his, his her son and wants to be with him. It's a bit too incesty for us. So they rejected it. Except that Star Wars. <laughs> well, that wasn't Disney at the time. But it is now. <laughs> I guess so, and that wasn't even really like yeah. that. But anyways. So... Uh, <clears throat> they were actually decided, okay, well, maybe we'll bring it to Spielberg because Spielberg was kind of their friend, but he had let them down because they had used him as a producer on two other movies before, which I think was Used Cars and I Want to Hold Your Hand, uh, both of which were flops. Yeah. So Zemeckis was like, I can't go with him again and have another flop because I'll never be, no one's going to let me direct anymore. Um, so he ended up doing a movie called Romancing the Stone the year before this which was actually pretty big, and he decided, okay, now that I'm a, I'm a good enough director, people will trust me, uh, we'll go back to Spielberg. And Spielberg really liked the script, so he decided to make it under Amblin Entertainment, which, which you know, I mean, Spielberg, it's hard to say. I don't know if I trust Spielberg. Yeah, what a, what a thing to say. <laughs> <laughs> because he's, at, I mean, even at the time, I think, when did E.T. come out? I think it was definitely before this. What's it? Definitely. It was like 82 yeah. or something. And then Jaws was a huge movie, too. Yeah. So he was like this mega director. But I don't trust Spielberg. But I guess, I mean, it's understandable. Robert Zemeckis, to me, is just such a strange figure in film <laughs> history. Because he makes, like, really crazy good movies, like, I mean, Back to the Future. But Forrest Gump, that won the best picture. Yeah. And then goes on to make, I mean, a movie that I actually like, which is The Polar
1: Express. I know. I... Here's the thing: I like the Polar Express, but I just don't like the animation. Yeah, but I like the story. I don't. But that's even beside. Mind it. We're the not animation. talking about the Polar Express. <laughs> and he made
0: like this other movie he did, Welcome to Marwin.
1: Oh yeah, which
0: I saw, which uh, I have not seen with Steve Carell. It's yeah. really recent, and that movie just wasn't good at all. That didn't look good. No, and he's not the type of director who I feel like gets talked about too much. And I feel like, I don't know, there's lots of direct, I think lots of people get grouped. So you have like, like Spielberg and Lucas and I don't know, probably somebody else. And, and then like, like he's not like a Tarantino. Or Scorsese. Yeah, he's not in, Even like, Even though the he's
1: made m- lots of mega movies. He's definitely not in that, like, category of directors where everyone kind of knows... Like, you say their name, and people are like, oh, I know of them. Even if they haven't seen a movie from them, you know of them. Yeah. He's definitely not in that category. But Robert Zemeckis. <laughs> but, I don't know. It's... I'm always just iffy on a Zemeckis movie. <laughs> <laughs> It'll either be great or... it be, be, like, really
0: good, or, like, why did I, why did I do this to myself? So anyways, they decided to make it under Amblin Entertainment. And uh, one person who I think I want to mention only because Steven Spielberg did a really baller move that I (laughs) want to talk about. Okay. Sid Sheinberg, he was an executive producer and he decided to make some changes to the script, such as changing Marty's mom's name from Meg to Lorraine, Mm -hmm. changing Professor Doc's name or Professor Brown's name to Doc Brown. And then finally thought, I need to change the name from Back to the Future to Spaceman from Pluto. Because no good movie has ever had the word future in it.
1: Spaceman from From Pluto. So he was like, he was a pretty powerful
0: figure. I think he was financing a lot of this movie. And they're like, Spaceman from Pluto, this is a terrible name. That's probably the worst name. That sounds
1: like a weird, like, animated Disney movie that would no one knows about and just sits in the vault well it's because
0: there's a scene where he where where he's like george goes i can't ask lorraine out not you or anybody else on this planet will change my mind and then he comes and he's like i am darth vader from the planet vulcan yeah (laughs) and that was the spaceman from Pluto thing. So he's like, Yeah, this is what we're going to do to make it this name. And they're like, This is a terrible name. We don't know what to do. So Steven Spielberg decides, All right. He writes a letter to Sid Sheinberg and he says, Hey, got your memo about the name change. It was the funniest thing we've ever seen. It made the whole office crack up. Thanks for it. <laughs> your friend, uh, Steve, <laughs> or whatever. <laughs> he sent that back and Sid Sheinberg was like, uh, uh yeah. Ha 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 ha. And you have to have some sort of power oh, to yeah. make that kind of move with your executive director.
1: That's so funny. Is. What a what a terrible <laughs> name though, really.
0: I mean, it could have been could have been me being here being like, Have you ever seen Spaceman from Pluto?
1: And everyone would be like, Yeah. Yes.
0: I have seen that movie. Indeed I have. So oh. anyways. Let's get into the scoring then. That's all I have (laughs) for you for pre-production. So we're going to go through each category and give uh, what we feel the movie deserves as a ranking out of 10. At the end of all five rounds, the film will have a chance to win up to three bonus points in the bonus best round. After which, we'll add up the scores from the categories and add the bonus points to give us a score out of 100. Nice. Okay. Round one. Story score scoring based on writing plot structure and story beats give
1: me first off what are are your thoughts on the story in general I mean it's a it's a pretty iconic story it's one that also is like nothing really was like it before its time yeah it kind of like was the founder of time travel movies I would say I don't know That's I don't know that but like of good
0: ones (laughs) I guess so you know It's it's really I mean it is a very original idea. Yeah, it's a movie that's not based off of any previous source material,
1: which I think gives it. I think it it would give it a good score. It's pretty original. I mean, it's not now because everyone spoofs off of it, but um, at the time. Yeah, and it was
0: something that I mean it was rejected so many times. I think because it was something that was so new. So, do you have a score? Um, I'll give it a nine initially. I gave it a 9.5. Ooh. I'm going to tell you why. Okay. <laughs> this this script is, I think, extremely well written. Mm-hmm. To the point where nothing that anybody says doesn't matter. Which is, is a better way to say it is everything that they say <laughs> matters. <laughs> yeah. Every line gets paid off at some point in the movie. You know? It's mm-hmm. like, I have some examples. Ooh. Uh, there's like stuff like the, like anything that you see in that beginning scene with the clocks, the they go through and it's first of all that's just great because the sound of it's good and it really, it really helps good. grow that sort of uh, interest into the movie, and they have all of the stuff on the walls that's is really important talking about you know Doc Brown who, his ah uh, family fortune you get the sense of like Doc Brown is this. Uh, Crazy scientist guy who I think he had a lot of family money, and he used all that money to go into his inventions. Mm-hmm. And you get the plutonium thing where they talk about how the Libyan terrorists have taken the plutonium or they stole it from somewhere, and you get the uh, the skateboard hitting it. So you have all of that done without any dialogue. First off, the about there. And then you just have lots of little things later on. There's like the re-elect Mayor Goldie Wilson and they go back in time and they meet Goldie Wilson in the, the wherever diner, in the diner. They yeah. have the breeding pine trees that they talk about. And <laughs> yeah. then later on, and the Twin Pines Mall. Yeah. And then later on when Marty knocks over the tree that comes back and it's Lone Pine Mall. It's like every little detail.
1: It is, it is very well done with details. And I think that writing this movie probably would have been the worst. (laughs) Oh, my God. I think any time travel movie, you look at, like, you would have to have, like, strings across a wall being like, okay, this connects to this, which connects to this. This happens, meaning this happens here. Oh, my God, it'd be the worst. And so I think you'd have to have, like, the flashcard thing where you go, okay, here's a story
0: beat. You know, Marty goes back in time and uh, pushes his dad out of the way so that his... uh, his mom then, in turn, doesn't fall in love with his dad. And then, okay, if that happens, then how is that going to affect the future, which is like the main storyline. Then you have the little things that happen later on, how is the next thing that happens going to affect this? And then if this happens, oh, but how do we have to change the beginning? Because everything that happens later on in the movie is affected at some point, or, or changes something in the beginning. They're going to have to really plan that out. Yeah, you
1: have to plan it out so that it also... You realize that there's a change. Like, if they're planning to then go to the past and then do something that changed something later, mm-hmm. they're going to go back, obviously. You have to kind of, like, set that up so that you s- when they actually do go back, you see that it is a change. And mm-hmm. it's not, like, so subtle that you don't, like, even notice it. Yeah, there's It has to pay off. And I think they do that really well. Yeah, it's just... What a movie it's <laughs> It's almost movie. like I don't know if I've
0: ever seen a movie that has so much payoff for every individual line.
1: It is kind of amazing, even just like small lines that you f- think are kind of write offs. they come back later and you're like, "Oh, I get why they said yeah. that or why they put so much emphasis in that. Mm-hmm. It is really well done with that
0: yeah, like or I don't even like the little things like, oh your uncle didn't make parole (laughs) and then he goes back and uncle jailbird joey and his little bars yeah like those are little jokes and i feel like they would like there's so many of those things that they're gonna have to write in there that they're gonna have to probably affect back and forth so um there are some plot holes oh definitely you want to talk about some plot holes sure uh the Chuck Berry scene where he plays Johnny Be Good. Yeah, and then <laughs> he calls and he's like, "Chuck, Chuck, it's your cousin, your cousin Marvin Berry." <laughs> <laughs> <I'm like>, Marvin. <laughs> and then so Chuck Berry hears, I guess, half of the song, and then decides, "Okay, I'm gonna steal this song." Which is, first of all, pretty rude. I mean, all, but also it's like, he kind of, I guess Marty creates rock and roll. Yeah. And it's like, I don't know how to feel about that.
1: Well, and also, if you think about it with them, um, it it doesn't that kind of create a a weird time loop of like, well, he would have had to have hurt, like, I don't know. It creates a weird thing with the time travel.
0: I mean, so yeah, I guess Chuck Berry hears half of Johnny B. Good and then goes, hmm how my how does he get the beginning of it but I think there's some things like uh, I've heard this sort of theory in time travel where like whatever's gonna happen is gonna happen anyways mm. in some like some I've read I've read some stories where it's like some stories of real time stories I mean <laughs> fan fiction <laughs> <laughs> okay about about certain things or in this one fan fiction I read it was like uh, this guy his mother had died so he went... He had a time travel machine. He went back in time to try and save his mother, but his mother died anyways of a different cause. And it was like either way, what happens? His mom was supposed to die then. Does that make sense?
1: I mean, it it makes sense. But also, if if we're going to Back to the Future context, wouldn't that mean that his parents were supposed to get together no matter what? So then, wouldn't the plot line of him trying to like well, maybe that's why he
0: doesn't completely disappear. I have no idea. I'm just
1: saying. I'm not if you're saying, saying <laughs>
0: that's canon time travel law, but there's stuff like that. So, I mean, Chuck Berry having that song, maybe it's always been in him that he knows how the song is supposed to go. Maybe. And there's little things like uh, the Goldie Wilson thing where it's Marty who kind of plants the idea of him becoming mayor in his head. So he's like, oh, yeah, I'm going to be mayor. But either way, he becomes mayor. Yeah. So, maybe that's sort of the way that this time travel works here. Maybe. But then by that standard, it would be like, does that mean that his parents are supposed to be losers?
1: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I don't know. That's where it gets confusing because everything else changes. Time travel is confusing.
0: (laughs) (laughs) But then that's another thing with the, once he goes and knocks George out of the way, and his mom then in turn falls in love with him, Shouldn't he just completely disappear? What do you mean? Because then he's already stopped them from meeting. I mean, I guess because oh. then he he causes them to meet. They kind of slowly disappear.
1: Yeah. Is that how that would work? I don't know. I mean, I guess by them not disappearing immediately, that means that there's... I guess the universe knows that they'll come back to, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, because if he disappeared immediately, like, what would that do? Because then... As time progresses, if you're saying that, or if if it could be that they get together anyways, there'd be no point of him disappearing. I
0: don't know. Um, You know, maybe. But then they all disappear from the picture, right?
1: Yeah. And one by one. And then shouldn't the picture just disappear? Imagine if instead of, like, it is weird that the picture starts fading, and he only starts fading when it's, like, the very end yeah <laughs> that weird fade effect <laughs> but, uh, oh yeah imagine the, if that was through the whole movie that they movie. Wished they had gotten better <laughs> yeah he's just like a ghost yes. for the whole movie people can see through him they're like what is going on with this random kid <laughs> that would have uh, put a wrench in the movie a little
0: bit. i mean yeah and then also the picture thing where it's like once they all disappear it, it's just there's nothing there which means a, how is this picture here? Because he didn't bring it here. Also, B, why does he have a picture printed out of the backyard? Yeah. With nobody in it? <laughs> <laughs> Somebody just took a picture of nothing. Like, look at my bush. <laughs> and so he's just carrying it around. It, that doesn't make any sense yeah. at all.
1: The whole fading thing in general is a little odd.
0: Yeah. But then, um, and then he goes back to the future.
1: Ooh, I see um, what you did there.
0: Yeah, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> and then, um, you know, there's, like, uh, his brother lives at home. Yeah. But he's, like, supposedly the successful guy. It's either that or he's there having breakfast.
1: But he is, like, ready. To, why would you go to have breakfast in your family home and then go to work or whatever? I don't know. That's that kind of thing strange. that anybody ever
0: actually does.
1: I would say no.
0: I feel like I've seen that in in like I don't know. Like movies where people decide oh, like friends. <laughs> <laughs> you know,
1: they go to their other to their house to have breakfast before yeah. they to work. I mean, I, I guess I don't so. have time
0: to have breakfast at at all. Yeah. I'm waking up and going to do whatever I'm doing. Yeah. So, I say that's wrong that means he just lives in this house with
1: them that is strange yeah and how old is he i guess we don't know yeah i don't know that is kind of strange though he's like in his suit ready to go to work yeah (laughs) and then people
0: are sort of like what does george mcfly do to be able to have like this nice of a i mean it's the same house but it's nicer
1: yeah everything's like shiny so what does he do because i know he's an
0: author but she says this is your first novel when biff brings it in i think it's your new book she goes your first novel and that was a good impression thank you your first novel, honey your first novel (laughs) and then uh, but 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 what do you do (laughs) presumably this man is like 47 right yeah already 17 goes back whatever right Mm-hmm.
1: So, what did he do before the novel? <laughs> was he a
0: is he a writer of f- articles? Supposedly, I like I just don't understand.
1: Oh, no, that's another. I mean, I, I guess is that something that you really need to know, though.
0: I but I but but, but I know you're. But asking. in a movie where every <laughs> little thing apparently matters, <laughs> I want this to matter too. Okay,
1: well I don't have an answer for you.
0: <laughs> I mean, I'm sure there's many other plot holes. Yeah. Which is fine, because nothing really distracts you from... I mean, I feel like it is well explained enough. And I think specifically in Back to the Future 2, they explain the idea of timelines better. When they're like, every time you go, you change the timeline. Mm -hmm. Which means that Marty going back to his future, he's living in a different timeline, isn't he? Because this is like a life where he would have grown up with this house.
1: Because they're saying it's that the other... Reality still exists. Yeah. But he just went to a different one. Which means that it's in the, the other reality,
0: <laughs> Marty's just gone. Yeah. <laughs> like, he's dead. Yeah. This family is grieving their son. This family's
1: grieving because this, this weird scientist just up and stole their child or yeah. something. <laughs> in the
0: original timeline, Doc's dead. Yeah. <laughs> Marty's peaced out. Yeah. And the rest of the family's still doing absolutely nothing yeah so i mean good on marty because he has a better life yeah rip original
1: timeline people (laughs) yeah pretty much that's so sad (laughs) that puts such a sad look at the first movie
0: (laughs) but anyways i don't care
1: I've I mean, I, I'll i say that, like, yeah, it, of course it has plot holes. If it's a time travel movie, there's going to be plot holes. Pretty much any movie's going to have a plot hole or two. Mm-hmm. You can't really have a perfect movie.
0: No. But, like,
1: I think that the movie does a good job of creating other things that like matter and that they explain enough Mm -hmm. so that the other things like the small little plot holes you don't really care that much about them they're not such a big thing that you're like oh that ruins the movie that i don't know that or that that's not explained Mm -hmm. enough's explained that it kind of is fine Mm -hmm. so and i mean it's just a funny movie oh it's so funny
0: i think that the acting is i I'm i'm not gonna say it's really like great acting but the comedy chops are there. And I think uh, we can really get into that in the character character category. Yeah, definitely. So do you want to cap that off for story? Yeah, sure. Okay, so what, what grade are you gonna give it? I think I'll stick with my nine. After going through our plot hole things, maybe
1: maybe I should go down to a <laughs> nine.
0: That's still like 90% in writing. Yeah. It's still, I still think it's a really good script. Yeah,
1: it. I think the script definitely deserves some credit lot of credit and I think a a 90% is pretty solid.
0: And this movie is like I mean it's been sort of people some people are like is Back to the Future a perfect movie which I guess is what we're figuring out with this
1: (laughs) Um, and I would say it's probably pretty close. I think it's it's I mean I don't think again I don't think there can be a perfect movie just because of the fact that everyone likes different things and like Someone will say that they don't like something that other people love. So you can't really have a perfect movie that caters to everyone. Mm-hmm. But I think it does a, a really good job of catering to who they're catering to mm-hmm. and doing what
0: they want. <laughs> yeah. So um, I'll, I'll, I'll go to a nine. Okay. Nine. Okay. So both saying 9 that they'll give us an 18 out of 20 for that one. Nice. Okay, moving on to round two, character counts, uh, scoring based on casting,
1: character development, and relationships.
0: Initial score?
1: The characters are pretty strong in this movie. Mm -hmm. It again goes to the same, I mean, it's similar to, like, the story, the characters are also written very well, and I think the, uh, the actors do a great job. Mm -hmm. (laughs) They really, like, embody their character, and it's really fun to see that. Um, I'll go nine again initially. Okay,
0: I, uh, hear me out. (laughs) You give it a ten. Ten. Yeah? Okay. (laughs) I'll tell you why. First off, I'm gonna go character by character on Mm -hmm. this. Uh, Marty. And this is where I'm gonna bring up the thing that's just far too big for me not to talk about. Yeah. Which is Eric Stoltz.
1: Oh, poor Eric. Here's the thing. Rip Eric. So, uh,
0: originally they wanted to cast Michael J. Fox. But he couldn't do it because he was doing the TV show Family Ties, Mm -hmm. and I think at the time, the woman who played the mom, what's her name, Meredith Baxter, I think is her name, she was pregnant, so they had to really, she couldn't be too much in the show, so they had to really rely on Michael J. Fox's character, Uh, so he he just couldn't do it, they were like, no, you can't have him. So they were like, okay, we're going to go with our next two choices. So then it was between C. Thomas Howell and Eric Stoltz. C. Thomas Howell was in uh, The Outsiders. Have you seen The Outsiders? I have seen The Outsiders. He was like Ponyboy in that. Oh, yeah, yeah. He's pretty cute. He I is think cute. He probably, but... I honestly think he would have been better for this role than Eric Stoltz. Ooh, hot take. <laughs> but they were like, okay, we're going to go with Eric Stoltz because he's he was like a pretty big actor. Not big, but he was like good. Yeah. And he had this kind of method approach to it. He was walking around being like, call me Marty. Oh, my God. And uh, people were like,
1: Ugh. I think, okay. oh, my God. Was, if I was on set, and you, you know, you're just minding your business. You're a crafty. How about this? You're a crafty. And, uh, you know, he walks up, gets some snacks. You're like, oh, hi. Call me Marty. You're <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, hi, Eric. He's like, um. Call me Marty. Who? Who?
0: Sorry, I don't speak to that I name. I respond to Marty or McFly only. Nothing else. <laughs> I'd want to die. <laughs> and uh, him and what's his name, Tom F. Wilson, who plays Biff, mm-hmm. they didn't get along at all. Yeah. Uh, I heard an interview with him, and he was like, apparently, there's the scene where um, where in the cafeteria where they kind of have that standoff fight, mm-hmm. and uh, Marty pushes Biff, and apparently, uh, Eric Stoltz was like seriously pushing him he was like rubbing his hand like just ramming it into his collarbone (laughs)
1: right
0: and thomas wilson is like hey uh marty (laughs) this is a movie this is what he said oh and he's like "You, you don't we don't have to do it like this but he kind of he was so method yeah and he thought that this he didn't think it was a funny movie he thought it was like dramatic And this is a really sad story. I've gone to the past. I can't get back to my home. What am I going to do? So, which is like ridiculous
1: because the premise is so insane that you have to play it funny. It's interesting to Like, knowing that that was an option. Imagine Back to the Future, but, like, serious. It'd be terrible.
0: You can see some of the footage with Eric Stoltz. It exists. They shot for, like, six weeks with him. I know. They shot most of the movie.
1: But imagine, like, that... If if Marty was actually like that in the movie... Mm -hmm. Like, I know you can see him... Yeah, yeah. But, like, 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 imagine the actual thing. Yeah, imagine the whole movie, but serious. It's interesting to see, like, if they had kept Eric Stoltz, what
0: would it be now? Like, what would the legacy of Back to the Future be?
1: Yeah, it might not even be that... It might not even really be considered that much of, like, an iconic movie. Because I don't think it being serious would really lend itself to...
0: I think Michael J. Fox is such a, a big part of why that movie was such a... Big deal.
1: Yeah, I think it definitely it would have a different like legacy because people wouldn't think of it as like a fun kind of like family fantasy kind of not fantasy but you know what I mean. Like you wouldn't think of it as like a fun movie. That's no, just, it would just it's, be it's Eric
0: Stoltz going around and being moping. Like, mm, <laughs> I can't get back to the future. <laughs> My mom's you in love bad. with me. Oh. And just crying. Yeah. And I just, I think what makes it even worse is, like, imagine him next to Doc. Yeah. Doc is insane. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, imagine this brooding teenager next to this <laughs> crazy scientist. It would, cr- like,
1: clash so much.
0: Yeah. So, I mean, so he didn't get along with Tom F. Wilson. Um, and then... I think people were just like, oh, he, he's just too serious. And he wasn't exceptionally nice. But So they ended up being like, okay, we, we got to let him go. He's got to go. So they fired him. Um, and then I think at this point, I think the woman had had her baby on Family Ties. So they were like, okay, you can have Michael J. Fox, but he still has to be here to shoot Family Ties. So he ends up shooting... Family Ties in the Daytime and Back to the Future at Night, between 6.30pm and 2.30 in the morning. Every day, he's Rip. shooting Back to the Future and Family Ties, which is absolutely insane.
1: Raking in the money, man. Well, yeah, oh, and man. especially
0: after it's released. So anyways, uh, I, think, but I think it's probably the greatest decision they've ever made. Oh, yeah. It's probably the, the, the best recasting and maybe the saddest. <laughs> uh, poor Eric. <laughs> poor Eric Stoltz. But I mean, he went on to do pretty good things. I think yeah. it would be sadder if it was like... He never did anything again in his life.
1: Yeah, He at least had a career. It wasn't yeah. just the end.
0: <laughs> so, but anyways. Let's talk about Marty McFly.
1: It's just... he. I mean, I'm saying fun a lot. He's very fun, though. I feel like the character is pretty like not relatable but like he's pretty like he's i can't speak right now
0: very strange in his family because he's like the black sheep
1: yeah and i think it came up when when i was
0: we i was watching this video about flat arc characters and that marty mcfly doesn't really have an arc i mean he kind of does i think more so he's on the path to become like his family because he does the uh the he does like the Battle of the Bands audition at the beginning, you know, he really wants to be a rock star. Yeah. And then they're like, You're just too darn loud Um And he goes, I, I don't know if I can do it anymore. I don't think I can handle that kind of rejection. What if what if I what if they say, Get out of here kid. you have no future And <laughs> we're all like, Oh, I get it. Huh? <laughs> and um And his family's like he goes to dinner and they're like, you know what? you don't need that kind of pressure, Marty, you just you should just stop and they're all telling him, you know, don't follow your dreams Um, so that's, that's really, like, the only piece of, of character growth that he needs to overcome. And it's so subtle and little that it doesn't really have any effect on the actual movie.
1: That is true.
0: And there's, like, that one scene where they're in the cafeteria, him and his dad, and he's like, uh, what are you writing? And he goes, science fiction stories. He goes, oh, I didn't know you did anything creative. And he goes, yeah, but I don't know if I'll let anyone read them, because I don't think I can handle that kind of rejection. And it's like, okay, we get it. You know? (laughs) We get it. He's on the the path to becoming a George McFly. Yeah. But the flat arc is mostly that he doesn't really change that much in the movie. I mean, even by the end, we don't know if he's, like, confident anymore in what he does. He did play on stage to do the Johnny B. Good thing.
1: Yeah, he doesn't really... Other than that, though, there's not that much that happens after that in the movie Mm -hmm. that really shows character change. Yeah, Because, so I mean, he does that, and then he pretty much almost immediately runs to the car and then goes back to the future. Mm-hmm. And, like, there's not really that much after that that shows really growth.
0: But, so, the video I watched on the flat arc, which is, like, that basically cari- all your protagonists should have arcs, right? Oh, yeah. So, it's usually they have this problem, and then by the end of the movie, they've changed. That's, like, basic story structure. But in yeah. the flat arc... The main character stays the same, but everything around them changes. So really, like, the actual person who goes through any type of character change is George McFly. Mm -hmm. Because he's the one who starts off kind of, like, a loser. (laughs) And in the end actually becomes someone who can stand up for himself and do good things. And it's more so Marty's entire world that changes rather than Marty. Which is fine, you know? That's just another way to write stories. Mm. So... I th- I think that, that works out really well for him because he he is kind of he's a very likable character. Maybe because he doesn't have so many things that are keeping him down.
1: Yeah, it might kinda help the fact that he's not dealing with like these crazy world problems that and, Yeah, and he already I mean he does obviously have to he deal goes with to this the p- situation. Yeah. It's like he has one crazy problem to deal with. If he had a ton of other like Arcing problems I think it would just get too confusing and you'd be like there's too much happening here you kind of have to wonder like why is Marty
0: so seemingly positive because he he's on the path I think to becoming like his dad but isn't there because he obviously does believe that you should stand up for yourself because he's the one who teaches his father how to do that but it's like he was raised in this family that didn't really believe that so how did he get it?
1: Who do you think he got it from? Is it Doc? <laughs> Maybe. Maybe he did get it from Doc. I mean, I think also, like, you get, like, you wouldn't get every single trait from your family. I, I think I that, mean, like... I guess so, but I think a part of it is how you're raised. And then mean, also, it's like nature versus nurture. I think also he's aware that his family's kind of lame. And that, like they have problems <laughs> he's aware Indeed, of that his so I think is if you're aware of that you kind of do things to counteract that mm-hmm. and hope that that doesn't happen to you even if it's not that successful you'll do something to kind of counteract that so I think it is kind of realistic that he's a bit more outgoing and trying to like do things
0: mm-hmm. and he becomes kind of like this uh crazy iconic character of the 80s maybe one of the most iconic characters in Film history. Maybe. So, I think a lot of that's probably due to Michael J. Fox. Yeah. Anyways, we're gonna move on to Doc. Oh,
1: he's so fun. I'm saying that a lot. But it just... He's so crazy that it's just... You can't... You see that movie and he just stands out so much because you're like, what a person. like... like, Imagine meeting someone like that.
0: He's like dialing it up. Yeah. It's like... uh, he can bring it, you know, if he's going to bring it up to, like...
1: A hundred? He's bringing yeah, it up here's to a thousand?
0: He's going to a hundred. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, I'm just going to play it as crazy as I can.
1: And, and it, it works. works. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> I mean,
0: Christopher Lloyd is really quite a gem. Oh
1: yeah.
0: He got cast to play it after John Lithgow couldn't do it. I don't know if you know who John Lithgow is. I don't. He uh, he kind of is very Christopher Lloydy. He was in uh, Third Rock from the Sun, and I think he was the pastor in Footloose, the original one, which um, I don't really like watching because yeah. I'd rather watch the 2011 version. <laughs> yeah, 2011's um, where it's
1: at. <laughs>
0: it's just a good remake. It is. Um, but yeah, he gets cast to do it, and I think the, like he's just so eccentric. Everything he does... Every, like, it feel like he just steals every <laughs> scene he's I mean, in.
1: I know the way, because we rewatched it, like, a couple weeks ago or whatever, in preparation. And just the scene where you were like, wait, look at him in the background. Where yeah, the scene <laughs> where
0: where Lorraine comes to talk to Marty in Doc's garage, <laughs> and she's like hi, Marty, do you want to go to the Enchantment Under the Sea dance with me? And Doc's just in the background looking at, like, he's trying a-
1: to be so nonchalant, but he's just <laughs> insane, and so then, he can't be. And then if- they're like, I-, I don't know if he... If- marty like looks over but he like ducks behind the car <laughs> to try to not be seen and then you just see him like slowly peeking his head back up to look it's just so funny <laughs> and that's something we're like i mean i've definitely noticed it before but if you only watch him it is so funny <laughs> it's, just, it's just every scene he's in he's so crazy
0: <laughs> it's just the one scene where he's like uh uh I, I apologize for the crudity of this model. I didn't have time to build it to scale or paint it. Yeah. <laughs> he has this whole little model of Mill Valley. <laughs> like, imagine if he built it to scale. I think by He's scale. the one who's building the universal back lot. I
1: think by scale, he meant, like, the buildings are to scale with, like, the bench. Oh. <laughs> He's meaning to build buildings. Actually, the size of buildings. He's like Marty. I've got to show you something. (laughs) I built the entire world. (laughs) He just goes in the back, and there's the whole studio lot. (laughs) Yeah, I think he means to scale. Meaning the building is to scale with like, like, like bench bench with like bench. It looks like it's to scale, though. Maybe it's a couple centimeters off. Okay. He's particular. It's yeah, and it's not painted. And then the
0: car, he like winds it up and it goes and it sets the trash can on fire and he's like, <laughs> Do that again. I can't. <laughs> okay. And it's like, this guy, there's no world where Eric Stoltz and this man could be on screen together and it work.
1: Oh, yes.
0: <laughs> He's just so... And every... I feel like every time he gets introduced, it's really funny, because, like, you look at him in 1985 and
1: 1955, he looks the exact same. He does. He acts the same. He looks the same. He just... He has no growth between those years. <laughs>
0: oh, my God. Oh, it's just so funny. Just like everything that he says he's like there's that word again heavy is there a problem with the gravitational pull in the future and she like
1: what
0: where did they find this guy?'re
1: <laughs> like it's really difficult him. for
0: me to think of anybody other than him playing this role
1: Oh 100% it's just he's so different from any other character also that you can think of
0: Well you watch uh, Rick and Morty right yeah I do watch and Rick that's and Morty. based off of back to the future.
1: Yeah, it's, like, loosely, I mean, the main characters kind are of. Rick, I mean, Rick and Morty, Rick and, not, but Doc and Marty. Yeah. Like, it's, it's like, loosely, the f- the first, the pilot, I don't even know if it was the pilot, but, like, the thing that they sent to the network is, like, hey, I don't know if they even sent it to the network. They made, like, a short yeah. that was literally just directly a, um, a Back to the Future, like, yeah. spoof. But and it was with, I think it was with... Doc and Morty, and then they changed it to Rick and Morty or something. So was Rick the Doc.
0: Yeah, Rick? is he like just like a crazier,
1: like um, yeah, more R-rated version of Doc? Pretty much, but also like an asshole. <laughs> yeah, like an asshole, um, crazy R-rated version of Doc, but still really insane. Yeah, yeah,
0: that's just something to say about these characters spawning other characters But yeah, that's with again, like,
1: that's a character that I would, like, associate with being similar, but it's directly mm-hmm. pretty much, like, because of this movie. Yeah. So I can't think of a movie before Back to the Future that has a character that's anything like Doc. <laughs>
0: yeah. He's just insane. He has some of the best lines in this movie. Oh, he does. Anyways. uh George McFly. Oh, Crispin so Glover. <laughs> Crispin Glover is one of the strangest people, I think just... maybe ever in Hollywood. He's a character actor. Um he's just insane. I feel yeah. like you like look at the way he's acting, you're like this guy's going to have a nervous breakdown and he might murder
1: somebody. He does have that like weird thing where you're like, you don't know what he's going to do at any moment. And you're like, it could be anything. And his hair is always like, he's capable. I don't know if it's greased (laughs) or or if if it's it's just just sweat. (laughs) (laughs) They, the hairdressers go in before and they put like baby powder in his hair and just immediately it sucks it up and it's just greasy the hairdressers again. go in and they're <laughs> like oh you already look like this because you're so anxious we don't have to do anything
0: i actually have no idea what he's like in real life i know he has like this one interview that's kind of famous with david letterman where he was he's kind of insane and he does like this high kick almost into David Letterman's face. <laughs> and David Letterman's like, yeah, no, we got to stop this.
1: <laughs> you got to show me that later. <laughs> yeah.
0: Um, and I know he had problems with, because he doesn't show up in the second one. But they kind of, uh, they they take his face and they, they make like some sort of model. And they put the actor upside down and he's floating into the room because he threw his back out or whatever. So they make it look like him, but they did it without his permission. Oh. So this caused him to actually sue. And then this whole lawsuit he won, they it made like this law in in Hollywood where you can't like take someone's I don't know, face and use it or whatever <laughs> for for movies without their permission. Yeah. Um, which I mean I think that's
1: a good law which I think to in have the era of like now with
0: like deep fakes.
1: Oh yeah, those are scary.
0: It's insane that they they would think, yeah, this is something we can get away with.
1: Yeah. It's good loss.
0: <laughs> yeah, but he didn't end up being in the second movie because he didn't like that the first movie ended with the McFly's getting money and thinking, now we're happy because we have money. Oh. Which I don't think is the point, and I feel like he's kind of wrong about. I've yeah. seen a couple interviews with him, and he seems decently normal, but I don't believe it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> You're like, he's trying to... He's trying to fake it out he's
0: acting right now (laughs) he's just insane and i know some people actually don't
1: like the
0: portrayal he does of george mcfly
1: i don't know i think it's so awkward it's just great it's so unique it is i don't know if
0: i've ever seen a character like george mcfly before yeah and i think they said they're like 50 percent of the time crispin glover he's just getting it wrong <laughs> like this is not how we thought this character was gonna be but i don't know i think it works he's kind of endearing in some spots like the the scene in the in the uh the cafe where he goes to lorraine and he's like hi i'm george mcfly <laughs> i'm your density <laughs> and she's like what she's like <laughs> this guy's Actually, crazy.
1: That wasn't acting. That was just her looking at him being like, That was him being like, What's the word? (laughs) He goes, Oh. And he goes, Destiny. (laughs)
0: And she's like, Oh, he's kind of cute. You know? There's always a part of her, I think, that actually kind of likes George, but she's too obsessed with Calvin Klein. (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) She was Calvin Klein and and so he's endearing but he's also just so strange and i i just i i don't know if this is i know they said that it wasn't really what they envisioned the character to be i don't know if they like this better or if it's worse but
1: well what would do you know what they ex- what they wanted it to be <laughs> uh no <laughs> so so who knows
0: i think they probably just didn't want it to be so cringy big not big not that he's necessarily like it, like. like so over the expressive. top yeah but he's yeah. like very like just very strange yeah and everything that he does the scene where uh biff goes and he's like attacking lorraine in the car or whatever and he comes out and he grabs george <laughs> Er, He pushes Lorraine to the ground, and George just, like, whips his head over and has (laughs) the most scared expression. And you're like, what is going
1: on? You're like,
0: oh my god. His face is so insane.
1: I can't even handle
0: Crispin Glover.
1: It's just, it's so funny, though, because, yeah, he's insane, But then you put Doc next to him and you're like, no, he's normal. (laughs) And do Doc and I don't think they have any scenes together. They don't. Thank God.
0: I don't think the world could (laughs) handle that much eccentricness in one scene. (laughs) (laughs) Anyways, George McFly. Great character development. He's the reason this movie works. He's crazy. Great. Lorraine. Lorraine is like low key. Not even low key. I would say more high key, like very horny.
1: Oh, 100%. She's very horny the entire movie. Like,
0: it, maybe it's because it's a time when that wasn't really uh allowed. Not necessarily allowed, but uh, that wasn't really normal for women at the time. Yeah. You know, even in the future, she's like, I never parked with a boy or <laughs> talked to a boy. That's what she says. I think... It's it's maybe not a thing that was very... The 50s was pretty conservative.
1: Yeah. But she is, like... Not for Lorraine. She is, like, crazy, though. Everyone in this movie is crazy. She's pretty... She's pretty... She doesn't hold back. Yeah. She's, like, hitting on Marty hard. Oh, yeah. Marty does anything, and she's like, Oh, my God! <laughs> and some people are like... Have you seen him? <laughs> it's so weird that
0: Marty's, like, attracted to his mom. And I'm like, in what scene does he ever show any attraction to his mom? Yeah. If anything, he's like, God, she's. Sh- this is insane. Like,
1: even in the first scene, when, like, well, not the first scene, but, like, when he's in the bed. Yeah. And he wakes up and she's there, he's more just like, what is happening? He's like, he's you're not so, like. You're so. Ha. <laughs> you're, you're so thin. But he says that and it's not, like. Yeah, it's, it's not, not like attraction. It's like, oh, you're you look different. It's more like that, but he just says it. Yeah, funnier. She, like, she took off his pants. That's crazy. For no reason.
0: <laughs> that's that's scary. Like, <laughs> grabbing his thigh at the dinner table. Oh my god. And
1: we're
0: like, <sighs> <laughs> and it's it's strange. Like, I don't know if it if for some people it does if it's too weird for them. Cause I feel like it doesn't really ever reach a point where you're like, mm, I don't know if I can get on board with this movie. And they said the line that saves that is when she says, when I kiss you, it's like kissing yeah. my brother. And I'm like, I don't even know if you need that line. You can tell throughout the whole thing that, that Marty's not interested in her. But I think it does help with the kiss thing where she's like... <laughs> She's like, there's something weird going on yeah, here. That instinctual, like, uh, we're not meant to be together. Yeah. So she's kind of crazy. But yeah. Leah Thompson is, what a gem. Have you seen her daughter, Zoe Dutch? <laughs> i not. They look the same. Okay. <laughs> she's an actress. <laughs> look out for her. She's pretty much just a carbon copy of Leah Thompson. Nice. <laughs> and Leah Thompson got sucked into the Netflix movie Garbage oh, with yeah. Sierra Burgess as a loser.
1: Oh, I didn't watch that They movie. took Alan
0: Ruck into that movie, too. He was in
1: Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Wow. I
0: just want to say that I don't like how this is happening with all my 80s actors being sucked into these Netflix movies. It's not fair.
1: Try what I do, which is just not watch the Netflix movies, it's and then the you
0: point. don't have the to The point is, it. <laughs> they shouldn't have to do this. They were iconic 80s actors. Okay. Anyways. <laughs> okay, Biff Tannen. Uh, Thomas F. Wilson was uh, cast in this movie, who, it's actually kind of a sad story, Uh, He replaced this guy called J.J. Cohen because uh, J.J. Cohen didn't look intimidating enough to bully Eric Stoltz because (laughs) Eric Stoltz is too tall. So they're like, okay, we're going to get Thomas F. Wilson because he looks intimidating. He can bully Eric Stoltz. Uh, J.J. Cohen gets moved to be one of his cronies and Biff is now the bully. And then they fire Eric Stoltz. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, so now... now, um, Marty, or Michael J. Fox is back, and I mean, J.J. Cohen probably could have done it because Michael J. Fox is pretty short, so anyone could probably yeah. look intimidating next to him, <laughs> but Rip, so Thomas oh well. F. Wilson, who I think is actually, this has got to be like one of the most iconic bullies in all of cinematic history. Yeah. Because he plays it very well. Yeah. And he plays it uh, spe- particularly crazy in the next two movies. Oh my where god. Where he has a really big part in those movies
1: playing like lots of the characters in Back to the Future 2. <laughs> yeah, what's happening in Back to the Future 2. But uh just his like pr- I don't know, his presence. You can tell that he's up to something, that he's just going to make trouble. And he's apparently a really nice guy in real life. Yeah. He just stand up now. Um
0: and ap- everybody really liked being with him, which is pretty pretty good, because if you are going to play a
1: character like that... Yeah, you gotta make up for it between takes. <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> well, apparently him and Eric Stoltz, they... Did not. <laughs> no. So, I feel like, I don't know what the other guy would have been like, but...
1: I think he did a this great was job. probably a,
0: a good choice. Yeah. And then, similar to that, Jennifer Parker was supposed to be played by Melora Hardin, who is Jan in The Office. Ooh. Um, uh, but she got let go as soon as Eric Stoltz was fired because she was too tall for Michael J. Fox. Oh, no. (laughs) So, Claudia Wells replaces her, and who she got replaced in Back to the Future 2 by Elizabeth Shue because I think it was her mom got sick. She had to take care of her, Mm -hmm. which is pretty sad and very noticeable when you watch Back to the Future 2.
1: Yeah, you're like, who's this person? (laughs) What is this
0: wig doing on this woman? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Uh, But now she owns a, a suit store in Hollywood. Wow. So you can get your suit done by her. Nice.
1: Yeah. Do you have any final thoughts on characters? I just think the characters work like they all are individually kind of crazy in their own little way but I think together it just works really well and I think each character also is very different from really any other movie. Yeah, they're all really original. Yeah, they stand out a lot. Like, you think of, like, Doc, and you're like, yeah, it's Doc. There's no character like him. Mm -hmm. And he's great. There's not really anything to compare it to, other than stuff that's, like, parodied off of it. And I think it works. It's just, the characters are just...
0: I think those relationships are also really strong. The ones between, like, Doc and Marty, it probably shouldn't work, because he's so young. And Doc is so old. But, um, you know, you feel that connection even
1: though you don't know how they became friends. Yeah, you feel the connection and it's a, it's a relationship that they don't really explain. No. <laughs> like, where this came from or why, just why they're friends and, like, yeah. how that relationship works. They don't really describe that, but it somehow is okay.
0: <laughs> yeah, we, we don't really question it that much.
1: No. Uh,
0: final, final score?
1: i uh i'll give it a 9.5 i'll go up a little bit a 9.5 okay yeah i feel
0: like i'm gonna stick with a 10 i've never seen characters like this before or since so Mm uh adding those together that's a 19.5 um okay round three then visual volume scoring based on cinematography and production design
1: all of it was it was all set yeah, this, like the town. This movie is
0: one of the... the. Uh, it's like a very obviously a studio lot movie. Yeah. Which is something that I don't know... I don't know many of them that are made today that are like that. Like, you can very well tell. Yeah. Like, it doesn't really look that real. And if you go to Universal Studios, you can see the actual back lot tour. Mm-hmm. Uh, It's not... It doesn't look the same, because obviously they have to make it into different sets. But you can go and you can visit, like the clock tower and um like the the, the square or whatever. Mhm. And like even though you can tell that it's a studio lot, it it doesn't really take anything away from it.
1: No, like I think especially for its time. hmm I think that the production design's pretty fun. It looks realistic enough. Yeah and they, it doesn't take you out of it that it's a set.
0: And it's also interesting and uh, they said they couldn't shoot on location because They'd have to fifty five for the whole yeah. set, right? Everything has to look like that time.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, so it's just easier to do it on a lot. Yeah. And I think they shot the 50s stuff first because the 80s is so kind of messy and <laughs> dirty. It's easier to shoot the, the clean, clean stuff and then dirty it up than to dirty sense. up and then clean it.
1: Yeah. Um, I will give it... I'll go 8 right now.
0: Uh I said nine. Ooh. I think another thing to talk about it in terms of visuals is cinematography, which is done by Dean Cundy, mm-hmm. who I have a personal relationship with because Well No I, I, I don't. <laughs> uh but I uh had to do this one assignment in school Ooh. where I had to to we had to write about our favorite cinematographer as if we all have one of those. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like alright I'm not super into cinematography like I know some people are crazy about it but to me like that's not the most important thing I look for in a movie yeah me too I, most, I think I mostly look at character and story but like if your character doesn't draw me in I probably don't care yeah so uh, but I was like okay what movie do I really like the look of and my first thought was well Back to the Future is iconic I'm gonna pick that guy so I was like, okay, Dean Cundey, and then I had to talk about three movies, and I was like, I don't know what else this man has done. But I, I was like, they better be movies I've seen, because I'm not going to go watch a movie yeah. <laughs> just for this. So he had done, he did, not I think, mostly little horror movies, like uh, he did Halloween and the thing, mm-hmm. but he'd also done Jurassic Park in the Ooh. 90s, so I was like, okay, I can talk about Jurassic Park, you yeah. know? They have that one scene with the water droplet and the rear view mirror, yeah. things are closer than they appear, you know? And That's I was like, iconic. Yeah, we and I was that. like, "Well, what's the third movie gonna be?" <laughs> I'm oh, looking no. through his IMDb. The only movie I can find that I've seen, The Parent Trap, <laughs> starring Lindsay Lohan and Lindsay Lohan. <laughs> so I'm like, "Okay, yeah, right about this. Right about how uh, they they are, you know, he had to shoot everything twice because yeah. he had to do two Lindsay Lohans." <laughs> I got wow. like a 75 on it. <laughs> <laughs> So, and that's one of the things that I realized about cinematographers is that they have some of the most like random yeah they, they of aren't projects. really uh they aren't hindered by genre, no, like directors tend to do things that I feel like not are all the same, but they tend to have similar vibes. Cinematographers do whatever they want, yeah, and they they won't necessarily ever even look the same in
1: each movie. Yeah, a lot of a lot of the stuff is you'll have like maybe a small collection of stuff where you're like, yeah, it you can maybe see that it's the same cinematographer, but then they'll have random stuff. Oh, you know what else he did? Dean Kundie. Yeah. Camp Rock. Camp Rock. See. Like, what a man!
0: (laughs) It's just the most (laughs) strange thing when you look at any (laughs) cinematographer. Wow. Yeah. So like Camp Rock, The Parent Trap. And Back, Back to, to the, the Future
1: <laughs> and Jurassic Park. And
0: Jurassic Park. Wow. So Dean Cundy. Yeah. I think it's just so iconic. Like,
1: I really like a lot the, of the DeLorean
0: uh... stuff is really big. Like, oh yeah. Uh the, the scene with the fire shooting. Yeah. That's 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 like peak iconic.
1: Yeah. The actual cinematography itself, like it's very simple. hmm I know that like again when we were rewatching it. I was kind of paying attention to, like, the actual cinematography and, like, the shots. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting how, like, simple the shots are in this movie. Yeah. Like, I think of course, there's the more, like, and fun ones with, like, the car actually, like, tr- time traveling and, like, stuff oh, like yeah. that. And, like, with the clock tower at the end. There's more, like, complicated stuff. But, like, for individual scenes, they're pretty simple. But it works I think that's something
0: we really tend to well. notice. We personally tend to notice it because... Us being film students, when we first start out, we seem to overthink shots yeah. and how many we need to make something good. And so it'll be like one scene, and people will be like, "I have ten shots," and we'll be and like, you're like,
1: what for what reason?" <laughs> but then you watch a movie like this, and they're—I mean, I think I mentioned it when we were doing the the rewatch. Yeah, and I was like, they're only doing like two or three shots per scene. And we were counting it, and, like, there was some pretty complicated, like, it was, like, a long scene. Mm-hmm. And they only did, like, three shots. Yeah. And it worked so well. I mean, they also didn't have a ton of time to shoot with Michael J. Fox. Yeah, so maybe that's why. I don't know. But, I mean, then you don't really notice that. Yeah, but even if that was the reason, I think it works really well. And it kind of, like, there's not, like, crazy... I know that since it's, like, a time travel movie... Maybe they like I could see someone being like, Ooh, let's make it more fun. Let's make it more dramatic. We'll have like cool shots. But I think it works just having like those fun moments and then the rest of the movie is pretty like normal. Yeah, I guess the action shots with uh,
0: all the time travel stuff are usually where it gets kinda crazy. Yeah. Especially in that last scene. Yeah. <laughs> when he or not the last one, but the when he actually goes back. When he back. goes back,
1: yeah. But every other everything else is pretty like not typical. Maybe kind of typical, but mm-hmm. it's pretty, like, just casually, I don't know. There's also just, Everything like, so many things really that well.
0: are really iconic. Like, the uh, the skateboarding scene where he, like, the manure truck stuff. Yeah. Where he, he goes, the
1: skateboard goes under the car and he goes climbs, and climbs over. Climbs over it, yeah. Oh, man. Iconic. That's, <laughs> that's also spoofed so much. I can't think of an example, but I've definitely seen stuff where, like, People spoof that kind of idea mm-hmm. where something goes under something and someone like crawls over it. That's in a little of action movies, I feel like. Mm-hmm.
0: And the like the lighting, which I don't know, they do a lot of night stuff.
1: Yeah, which the, is probably why.
0: <laughs> I hear that the one scene where they have to go get the DeLorean after he meets Doc in the past mm-hmm. uh, and they go to see the flux capacitor, he's like, don't, he shows in the picture of it. It's really foggy. And I've heard that that's because uh, it was shot on the Universal backlot, right? The Same place they shot Psycho, and the Psycho house is in the background. So, they're like, well, <laughs> we can't show the Psycho house, oh. <laughs> so we're gonna we're gonna make it foggy. And you'd be like, that's the only reason it isn't quite as kind of scary, like scene. Yeah, but it's like stuff like that, and I think it's probably for the better because it really gives it a lot of tension.
1: Yeah, I think the cinematography is good, and I think that even though, yeah, everything's a set. I think it works well. The sets are believable. Mm-hmm. They don't look... I know that some stuff you're like, wow, you can tell that's a set. If you look at like the buildings in the square, you can yeah. kind of
0: tell. I mean, the square is really where that is because yeah. that's the
1: actual back lot. Yeah. But I think everything works. Nothing makes me angry, really. <laughs> and also, if we're talking about the uh, how it looks... DeLorean itself. A DeLorean is um,
0: a car I've never seen in real life. No, <laughs> I haven't either. I hear they're really not good cars.
1: They don't really look like a great car, so I they're can like believe it. They're pieces of
0: junk. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and I think it's like the guy who made the DeLorean is really thankful for this movie because it actually got people to buy them. Mm-hmm. I, I think there was something about him uh, being involved in like a cocaine sting <laughs> what? <laughs> Where they were like, uh, I probably do not know all the facts of this story, <laughs> but they were like, Ah, you want to invest in some sort of drug activity? And he was like, uh, Okay, money. And they were like, lol got you. were the cops? Oh, something like that. He what? got caught for it, but Rick. it wasn't really his fault. He just yeah. made a bad decision. And um, so rip that guy. Yeah, he has a car that. Well, people care about them now because of Back to the Future. Before that, I think they really just wanted a car that had those doors that would go up. Yeah. And I think they said because it looked more like a spaceship.
1: Yeah. Anyways, I think the car design. I know. I know, like the car itself, the DeLorean, but like the interior design of the car, it's pretty cool.
0: Oh yeah. It the looks flux really capacitor. fun. Yeah. The it's flux r- capacitor. Responsible for time travel. How? <laughs> it just is.
1: <laughs> I just think the design of it's really fun. It's, again, really iconic, the design of it. And I think the costume design's also the the, the, the
0: v- vest. Yeah, the vest. <laughs> A life preserver. <laughs> I really want to get one of those. You should get one. Just
1: so I can be. I'll find one can for Can we you. go
0: as Doc and Marty for Halloween? <laughs> 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 sure. Okay, <laughs> who do you want to be?
1: I mean, I think that means that you want to be Marty, doesn't it? <laughs> I, have, I mean, I can be crazy. I can just go around screaming at you. About. <laughs> I don't know how to skateboard though. Yeah, I don't either. Well, you wouldn't have to if you're not Marty. But I'm saying if I was oh. Marty, I can't skateboard either. <laughs> this is a discussion for another day. Uh, yeah, that
0: and then Doc's uh lab coat. It's not even a lab coat. It's like a. It's like a jumpsuit. Yeah. He's <laughs> rocking the jumpsuits before they became popular. Yeah.
1: he's a trendsetter, man.
0: I mean, I guess in the 50s, he's not wearing that. Yeah. The 50s outfits are cool. Yeah. Lorraine's dress is cool. Marty's wearing this one shirt in the cafeteria, which has, like, I don't know what, I don't know why. We tried
1: to figure out the pattern. Every time <laughs> I look
0: at it, I'm like, what is on his shirt? I yeah. really want to know, because I like it. I think they're cars,
1: but they Maybe. might be bills. <laughs> Dollar <laughs> <of> bills. <money. laughs> bills. of money. <laughs> <laughs> what other kind of bills would it be? <laughs> I don't know. A gas bill? <laughs> You want wants me. we seats. Yeah. <laughs> I don't. I want that shirt. Okay, we'll find the
0: shirt. I going to wear that shirt and see if anybody notices. They won't cuz he wears it in a no. total of one scene. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, yeah, the cinematography and the production
1: design. I think they're pretty solid. I think it works for the movie. And like it really but puts you in the world. But I think it's also just such
0: an iconic yeah. Uh, design. Yeah. So, what is your final grade for
1: that? I think because, I think the cinematography is, like, good. Mm-hmm. But it's not, like, groundbreaking. I mean, what is groundbreaking cinematography? I have in no ways? idea. Um, But, like, it's not, you know what I mean. It's not like, you look at it and you're not like, wow. Yeah. That's, cr- that's really good cinematography. You're like, yeah, it's good cinematography. It's better than some cinematography, but it's not like, crazy out there. Mm-hmm. So, I'll maybe give it, I guess I'll go nine. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I'll,
0: I'll go with you on that. Yeah. Because I still think it is, again, I've used this word too much in my life, <laughs> iconic.
1: But it's iconic. <laughs> I mean, you look at, you can see a still from this movie, and, and will- you know that it's back to the future. Yeah. Which I think says something. Yeah. So...
0: So, I'll go with a nine. You'll go with a yep. nine. It's a total of 18 out of 20. Nice. Nice. That brings us to round four, editing enumeration. My least favorite named c- category. <laughs>
1: uh, scoring based on
0: editing and music. What are your thoughts?
1: Oh, uh, the music's, uh, your favorite word, iconic. Absolutely. <laughs> um, And it's it just goes with the story so well. Mm-hmm. Again, I don't think the editing's crazy like mm-hmm. like groundbreaking. Sure. Again, the like time travel stuff's fun. Mm-hmm. I'll maybe give it a I'll start with an eight again.
0: Hear me out. <laughs> she gave it a ten. I'm gonna give I'm gonna give her an initial ten. Okay. And then I'm gonna tell you why. She likes her tens. <laughs> I'm getting looks as if I'm insane. <laughs> Maybe it'll change. Maybe it will. Um, I think that, like, the editing specifically, if not for, like, uh, the initial going back to the future, or going back to the past scene, mm-hmm. and just, like, everything after that, the scene where he goes back to the future is just so good. And it's so much tension built up. And I think all of that comes from that editing.
1: Yeah, I, I, I can see that.
0: And, sp- I mean, the music, too, which I'll talk about. But, like, the, the fact that you have so much of... So much is happening. And the whole time you're like, oh, my God. You know this man's going back to the future. They're not <laughs> going to end the movie with him staying in the past. Although it could be interesting. And then he has yeah. to learn... How to live his life you have to wonder if it weren't for jennifer parker would he really even care at all i don't know i'm not sure but you're like hey i know he's gonna go back but there's so much telling me that he might not you know doc goes up and, and the, the thing comes undone and he has to go up and try and plug it back in and he can't it's so and got t minus 30 seconds to go i'm like hanging from the clock tower <laughs> And then it drops and gets stuck on his pant leg. Yeah. And you're like, "Oh my God!" Just grab it. <laughs> and he can't grab it. And then Marty's like, "Okay, I'm ready. We're gonna go. Wish I had more
1: time. I, I'll give myself ten minutes." What a mistake. He could. I would have. If that was me, I would have given myself an extra like hour. Yeah. Yeah. Give yourself like a day. <laughs> I don't know. No, I'd give myself like an hour. Okay, guess so. Yeah. Whatever.
0: Um. And the car dies, and you're like, no. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no. And it's, like, all the things that are obviously, like, okay, well, you know, this happened. It makes sense why they would do this. And it's just amazing.
1: Yeah, I guess that is chalked up, too. And you really get a sense of, like, Doc's
0: caring for Marty Mm -hmm. and that he's going to risk his life in the name of science yeah. the man ziplines down the cord <laughs> as if this thing could ever hold his weight yeah. <laughs> and he, he he gets shocked, electrocuted by lightning, plugging that thing in flying back and it's like, last minute he gets the car to start He's, oh. I can tell you really like the editing <laughs> another thing about the editing is that this movie was finished on april 20th 1985 they had a test screening for it and it was really positive everybody really liked it as they should so they were like okay we gotta get this out for the summer no chance we can let this go in late summer we need it to be out for pretty much the whole summer so that we can get raking in those views throughout the whole thing so like okay we're gonna move this to july 3rd that means they have like two and a half months maybe like when do you have to be done editing a movie before it's released
1: uh i have no idea Pro- like
0: it's got to be like a week at
1: least <laughs> probably more than that i don't know like
0: we don't know <laughs> probably but need... i assume you can't just be like okay it's released tomorrow no we'll finish it up tonight you gotta send that to the theaters yeah so let, let's say you let's say promotion. late June. Yeah. They have to have this done. Yeah. Let's say they start editing, late April. That's like, maybe two months.
1: Yeah, that's like a really fast turnaround.
0: I mean, yeah, they can edit parts of it, through while they're shooting. They had sound editors working like 24 hours. Yeah. It's crazy going in and out.
1: I mean, I think even like. It being two months of sound editing, I don't know how how long.
0: That's a lot of a sound feature editing. would... And they also do visual effects. Yeah. And scoring it. Yeah. I just think it's such a fast turnaround.
1: I and think I it still is, think yeah. the
0: editing's really good. Yeah. Okay, and if not just for that stuff, <laughs> let's talk about the music.
1: The music is amazing.
0: So the score is done by Alan Silvestri, mm-hmm. who I'm pretty sure. Everyone within the ages of between 15 and 30 right now know who he is, even if they don't know who he is, because his music is so insanely big, because he does the Avengers scores. Yeah. Nobody talks about him, though.
1: Yeah, Avengers scores are just kind of, like, everyone's, like... But, like, Alan Silvestri, like, the Avengers score is pretty good. Yeah. Like, the... (laughs) <laughs>
0: and gets you hyped man yeah and he's and so he gets put onto this movie i think he did the score for the romance in the stone movie that he did with robert zemeckis who did this one too uh but steven spielberg didn't like it he was like okay you can do it but you gotta make it big so he's like all right so um like his th- th- this music makes a lot of this movie, it and does. it is one of the most iconic <laughs> um, <laughs> scores. <laughs> Everything about this movie is iconic.
1: I mean, Your the music thoughts? makes the sound the time travel portions mm-hmm. super epic. I mean, they they the like driving in the parking lot scene with oh, like yeah. Marty in the car. Oh, it's so good. That's
0: another part of building tension that yeah. I think is done between the editing and the uh,
1: yeah. Like the music just builds really well, in like, d- like every circumstance that the like main theme comes up, mm-hmm. it builds really well, and then it like pays off right at the right moment, and it just makes it feel so epic. Yeah, and it makes you f- it feel like it's so- like it accomplished so much. Mm-hmm. Like the scene just feels like it's it capped like off at a, a really nice spot. Big score. Like, yeah, and it's really like epic sounding.
0: So, that also, if we're talking about music, we probably have to talk about Huey Lewis and the News with The Power of Love. Oh, yeah? We are pretty young.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, we
0: weren't around in the 80s, but I'm pretty sure this song made that band pretty huge. Oh, I would say 100%. In a way that, like, I don't think anybody knows who they are anymore, if not no. for that movie. Yeah. And so they did two songs, they had The Power of Love, and they were like, uh, hey, Huey Lewis and the News... We need a song that more encapsulates the future part of Back to the Future, time (laughs) travel. Can you uh, write us another song? And they're like, okay. How about Back in Time?
1: Back? What a good name. It's such a fun song. I actually think
0: I like Back in Time more than Power of Love.
1: Yeah, I think Back in Time's a stronger song. Power of Love, I really only know the part where it says, that Power of Love. I don't know the rest of that song. Really? really. I mean, I do. But I definitely would know more of back in time. Don't than take money. <laughs> don't take fame. <laughs> don't need no credit card to ride this train. I feel like I've definitely heard back in time more than him, Really?
0: Yeah. I think you're definitely lying. <laughs> back in time. Yeah? Anyways, Huey Lewis <laughs> in the news. Huey Lewis is actually in the movie. He played the uh the guy on the megaphone. Oh. Who's like uh, when they're doing the battle of the bands thing? Yeah, I don't think he's credited because I think he was like no he can't because he he's apparently pretty cool, mm-hmm. and that guy was not. <laughs> okay. So anyways, I just think I just think that the music and the editing for that scene alone makes me feel like this movie's a ten. <laughs> okay.
1: <laughs> I mean I do I think that the music and the editing is like works together really well and i think that they complement each other. Um i think also the part where he's
0: in the bed and it's like
1: doodle doodle. wait,
0: yeah. that's not that part. That's um i guess at the beginning of the second movie.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, um, that happens that happens in like random spots in the first movie. Yeah, the like little yeah. little wind chime
0: or yeah. it
1: is it's Not a wind chime, but the <laughs> <a> wind chime. <laughs> <laughs>
0: the scene where he's in the bed though. That's yeah. that's a good very light soaring
1: score. Is
0: there anything else you want to say?
1: I think I think it's all been said. I think the editing's... So are you gonna keep it innate? 8? Mm. I know you love the editing. I. Think I, it's really good. I know you think it's really good. I also think it's really good, but I think that it's not top tier. I think that definitely it builds tension in a good way. Fine. But I think it's there's stuff that could that could be improved definitely in the editing i think the music's perfect i love the music and i love the way that the music's used in the movie but i think the editing knocks it down a little bit um so i'll give it a nine nine okay yeah you know what i guess
0: is perfect editing a thing maybe and maybe it's not here it is your opinion and though. for that <laughs> well i know but it, it's my opinion that maybe maybe that is something to consider so i'll knock it down to a 9.5 okay what are the fractions can we do like 9.75 let's not do
1: fractions
0: <laughs> fine 9.5 <laughs> and 9.75 9.999 <laughs> repeating okay. all right uh, okay. th- that that's a 18.5 okay round five societal sum Scoring based on impact film has on the industry and on society as a whole.
1: I feel like this has got to get like a 10. (laughs) I gave it a 10. Yeah. Um, Why do you think that? I mean, this movie, everybody knows, even if they haven't seen the movie, Mm -hmm. you've heard of the movie. Mm -hmm. And you've definitely seen scenes in the movie, even if it's not, even if it's a spoofed scene that's in something else. It is any like cartoon yeah. Has done some sort of parody Back to the Future episode. Like, I guarantee I, Simpsons probably has one. Family Guy probably has one. I might be wrong Family about Guy this. Family Guy
0: has lots of, like, ref Family Guy does lots of cutaway scenes. Yeah. Um. Yeah, they do reference it. I have seen a couple. Yeah.
1: So, like, and then, again, we've mentioned this earlier. There's literally Rick and Morty. They're, yeah. like, partially, loosely, the idea was because of back to the future yeah. kind of so there's so many things that came because of this movie mm-hmm. that i think it's it's everyone knows about it the impact of it was insane <laughs>
0: yeah and i think it's hard f- because we again are at an age where we weren't around when it came out but like my parents remember seeing that movie in theaters. Yeah, and that it was like a pretty big deal for the time. It the movie spent eleven weeks at number one, which is pretty crazy. It uh, was a top-grossing film of 1985, with 389.1 million dollars. That's a good amount of money. It's <laughs> quite a bit of money for yeah. There. Um, and it is I think something that is so, I guess. Uh, and, like, it it shows a lot of that time, even when it's set a lot not even in that time.
1: Yeah, even the small amount that it is in the 80s. Yeah. You can, you, it says a lot about the 80s. Yeah, which it kind of shows that, like, the 80s is... They're like, like 80s sucks. <laughs> 80s mean, is dirty. <laughs> so I enjoy the 80s. <laughs> but that's what the movie's saying. I think say. that's kind of like the 50s
0: <laughs> was a time where everything did seem really clean and... like, and perfect. Yeah. Yeah. Even though I mean it probably wasn't like that. But um yeah, it's just such it has such a place in so many people's hearts I think. Yeah. And for that generation it it was one of the biggest movies ever. Yeah. Um it was nominated for best screenplay, best original song, best sound mixing, and one for best sound effects
1: editing. I could see that. Yeah. Sound effects are pretty strong
0: Yeah I'm actually surprised that it kind of, that it really got nominated for Oscars at all I mean I feel like screenplay I don't know what won that year But I feel like screenplay maybe should have won Because I think it is a really good screenplay mm-hmm. um, I'm surprised it didn't win for best original song Because that mov- that song was huge Yeah
1: <laughs> I'm curious what like beat it Let's look Let's see um, This sounds like something that will make me angry I'll hear what it is and I'll be like no chance Say You Say Me by Lionel Richie hmm
0: I don't know what that is I don't know what that <laughs> is
1: either I was like does she know this <laughs> <laughs> you were like hmm mm. and I'm like she knows this song <laughs> <laughs> like, absolutely not <laughs> um, that's yes, that makes me mad <laughs> because like it'd be a good song Mm-hmm. I mean, it could be a good song, but but
0: another thing about the Oscars is that sometimes they they say, "Oh, this is the best," whatever, and then it's like, okay, but 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 nobody actually cares. Yeah. <laughs> so it's hard to really trust because they can't really see what the the preservation is of that. And I think it's like movies like this. I think will be easier for us to judge. Because it has been some time since they've come out.
1: Yeah, you you we've already seen the impact of this movie. Yeah, because it's been so many years after that, like everyone knows about it, and we have an idea of what people's reactions are to it. Mm-hmm. So, yeah,
0: um, it ranked twenty eight on Entertainment Weekly's fifty best high school movies, and it's been on many other lists, uh, for like best top whatever movies. Uh, in 2007, is selected to be preserved in the National Film Registry for being culturally, historically, and aesthetically significant. Ooh. I don't know what that means.
1: I don't either, but I, I believe it. <laughs> I've heard of movies being
0: preserved in the National Film Registry, and I, have, I, don't, I just don't know what that means.
1: Do no. they actually have it physically, a copy? In mm. Probably. I don't know. Does that mean that, like, if the world ends... This vault will contain all of these (laughs) movies for then, like, like the the aliens to come and, like, be like, this is how the world was. I have no idea. Here's Back to the Future. (laughs) Or is it just
0: them saying this movie's really important and we're saying it is?
1: I like to think that it's the vault idea, but it's probably that they're just saying that it's important. Yeah. Maybe it's both. I don't know.
0: I think also something that uh, was uh, iconic about this movie is skateboarding yeah i'm pretty sure it was like one of the things that made that subculture of skateboarding like popular i wonder how many kids were like you know what let's just go around grabbing onto the back of cars. did people do that
1: imagine probably
0: but their parents are probably like uh don't do that (laughs) have you ever seen someone do it on the back of a random person's car or their own car their friend's car Cause Marty's just going on grabbing onto the towns. But he grabs onto a cop car at one point. Yeah, I can see I'd be people mad. being like, "Okay, I'm gonna do a cool trick with
1: with my my friends, my buddies, and you know." But not like going down the the. Uh, the highway. <laughs> I was about <laughs> to say highway. I didn't mean highway. Going down the. Road. You're going 110 down. <laughs> on a skateboard. Down the
0: Trans Canada Highway. Don't do on a that. <laughs>
1: don't do that. Um, um. No, but like going down like like just a random road and you're just grabbing onto random cars. Yeah, I don't know. That would be, anyways. Uh, it's, it's probably illegal, but. Yeah, probably.
0: Uh. The But the movie, you know, spawns a trilogy. I don't think they were... They were not planning to do that when they started the movie. Which is kind of evident when yeah. you watch the next two movies. <laughs> You're like, what's happening? I think the thing about Marty being a flat-art character or whatever is something they were like, Oh, God, what are we supposed to do for the next two movies? We have to give him something that has to uh, make him have some sort of change. Just mm-hmm. where the whole chicken thing comes in. Yeah. He's like, Nobody calls me a chicken. And it's like, When did this become your complex? Yeah. <laughs> there's no sign of it in the first one. Yeah. So I feel like two and three kind of feel like continuations and like they're really connected to each other. But
1: um one to the other ones. I mean it's they and they much. do connect because two, you go back to one.
0: And there's parts in that like I really like two. I know some people are like eh. But um, I'm especially the second half of 2, I think, is really well done. The when first half of 2 is kind of like... The first half eh. of 2 is kind of like fun. Oh, what's in the future? Yeah. But the second half is really where it connects to the story. Yeah. And the references and pop culture. The dressing up for Halloween. I've seen lots of people dress up as Doc and Marty. For oh,
1: Halloween, yeah. I have too. Including
0: us a couple months from now. <laughs> or whenever <laughs> Halloween is. So, yeah, I think societally it's had a
1: big impact.
0: Yeah, definitely. So, are we, I think it's safe to say this is a 10.
1: Yeah, I I think it's a 10. All right, that
0: gives us a 20 out of 20. So, uh, that brings us to the bonus best round. I'm excited. All right, so how this is going to work. We're going to be given three categories. We have not heard these categories yet. We've been given these categories by our producer, McKenna. And uh, we're going to decide if they are the best movie in the category that she has given to us. We have to discuss it and perhaps argue about it. Maybe we'll just agree. And if it wins, it gets a bonus
1: point. Maybe she'll get mad at us and she'll stop producing for us if she really thinks that we're wrong. I don't <laughs> we'll know see. <laughs>
0: All right. Best okay. time travel movie. What are our contenders? Back to the Future. Interstellar. Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure.
1: What is that?
0: Twelve monkeys. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'd also... I mean, this probably... I mean, it definitely doesn't win, but like... Technically, Endgame's a time travel movie. Yeah. In which they explain the, the laws of time travel in that movie... Uh, quite differently they mm-hmm. They're like your past cannot once you can't change your past because when you go to the, the past, that past becomes your future and the future becomes your past. And I'm like, what <laughs> Time
1: travel's confusing. That sounds
0: like a very individual way of looking at at time travel as being like it's only relevant to you as as who you are because it'll become your past. You go back to the past. Well, cuz if you go the future is your past. Because you were there. Yeah. But it's not anyone in that past past cuz they were never there. I don't know, it's very complicated. Well, in that movie they're like, "Oh, we're going to take the stones and we're going to we're going to bring them here." So we can make the gauntlet and bring everybody back. We're gonna we're gonna go put them back. Yeah, which so that, that makes sense. Everyone can have this, so that the same thing can happen.
1: Like that makes sense. Is that it's like you're taking it and then putting it back at the exact same time, and then it never left that time. For
0: why though? What difference does it make though?
1: Because if you take them, because they're taking it from a moment in the past. If you take it away from that past, the past doesn't have it now, so stuff after it can't happen. But they said you can't change the past. Except that you can. <laughs> so well, but if you take something but from if the that's past, then a
0: different timeline. Like we're saying, like the Back to the Future explanation or whatever, mm-hmm. and then we apply that to being like you can't change the past because this is now your future. Then, then it doesn't matter because it obviously still happened.
1: I think, I think the thing is that anything that you take from the past, like if you took something, if you took this water bottle that no one can see, but you can see Chelsea, you take someone came from, from the future and took this water bottle Uh from me and I was very sad. If they took it, this water bottle is gone from my, from right now because they have it and it's not here, but if they came back at the same time that they took, if they came back to this time right now, when they took my water bottle and gave it back to me, mm-hmm. I still have this water bottle. And yeah. they also had the water bottle for an amount of time. So meaning that the past for them, which is now, <laughs> would have changed for me because I no longer have a water bottle.
0: No, like, <laughs> that makes sense. That's fine. But like, um, um, <laughs> L- like say the water bottle actually has poison in it, uh-huh. and the poison is gonna poison me. F- sure, whatever. And that's <laughs> <laughs> what's my water bottle. <laughs> yeah. And um, so they're gonna take the water bottle to save me. No, it's not gonna what? poison you because that's not gonna work. Okay, It's gonna poison um somebody's.
1: Okay. Oh, okay. <laughs>
0: We're going back in time. No, 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 no. Okay, that was a bad example. But yeah, it's it like was. It's more so. <laughs> <sheesh>. <laughs> like if they take the water bottle. hmm Now my point is like if the water bottle kills someone. Say it, say it's a bomb. The w- the water bottle turns out it's a bomb. <laughs> Just because it is. Um. The and water they, bottles. A bomb. And so they take it because yeah. they need a bomb. Okay. Um. But the bomb actually has to kill someone here in uh-huh. order for something to happen in the future. Yeah. So they bring it back to do that. But they're saying that you can't affect the past because when you go into the past, it becomes your future. And your future becomes your past. So the only reason they would have to return the bomb here is to kill the person in our timeline. Because they've already lived through that. They can't change it because it's already happened to them. So they're only really saving the, r-
1: the rest of the timelines. I don't know, man. <laughs> I think this is this is the the hole that time travel people um, get into when they're writing time travel movies. They're like, we don't know how to make this. I'm just work. saying, if they were selfish, they wouldn't have to worry about returning the time stones. I think they have to. No, because I don't think that you can, because they said you can't change it, because it's already happened. I don't think that's what they meant. <laughs> that's what they said. I mean, I they might have said that, but I don't think that's Give what they Give us meant. a comment <laughs> in the comments I think, below. <laughs> I think they mean, I think you have to put it back, because then it still exists in that time, because people still have to use it after that. No, because <laughs> it's already no. happened. They, they already did it. Oh my god.
0: So, I mean, Endgame's obviously not winning, but I just yeah. want to talk about that. I honestly would say Back to the Future is probably, for me, the best time travel movie. Because I haven't seen the other Well, ones. you've seen Interstellar. Okay, sure. I still like Back to the Future more. Well, yeah, I do too. Good. But I also think it's probably the most um, I mean, the, f- the thing
1: is, not, we haven't seen the other movies other than Interstellar in this category. Are we saying
0: best time travel in terms of... The use of time travel I think we're and saying, the realisticness.
1: No, I think we're saying the best movie that or the has best time movie travel that includes in it, time right?
0: travel. So as a general movie that includes time travel, I would say Back to the Future. Yeah, <laughs> because I think it's back at this to the point, Back to the Future is going to have like what high 90s of a rating, and 12 Monkeys has a zero because we're never doing that movie. <laughs> <laughs> Do you want to say yes, then? Yeah, we'll All see. right, we'll say yes. Right. One bonus point. Give us a second bonus round. Best movie that isn't ruined by casual incest. Okay. Okay, what are our contenders? Clueless. Okay. Cruel Intentions and Back to the Future. Um, yeah, I would oh, also argue uh, Empire Strikes Back mm-hmm. does have that in it. I've never seen Cruel Intentions have seen Clueless. Mm-hmm, okay. I would argue that Clueless isn't so much incesty because he's not actually her brother. He's a stepbrother. And I don't know when he became her stepbrother because I don't know if they grew up together if they were only step-siblings for like a year or something. I feel like it wasn't a long time. But I am not mad about it. Yeah, I would never say that Clueless is a better movie than Back to the Future, though. <laughs> <laughs> but that movie's fine. Um, that being said, Empire Strikes Back is like... I thoroughly enjoy that movie. Mm-hmm. I give that movie a five stars on Letterboxd. Being sad, I also gave Back to the Future five stars on Letterboxd. <laughs> yeah. But I guess... It, okay. I, here's the thing about Star Wars and the incest thing, is that when it first started in A New Hope, I don't think George Lucas knew that they were going to be siblings, which is arguable because nobody really knows that. And I think he he says... Oh, yeah, I know, I totally knew. (laughs) But he definitely did not. (laughs) And it sort of starts off as being, like, um, Luke kind of has a thing for Leia. But Leia was always supposed to be with Han. And in the second one, she only actually kisses Luke to make Han jealous. Mm. So, I mean, like, yeah. It's... it's, The incest isn't a huge part of the story. Whereas, I think... (laughs) Back to the Future, (laughs) it's like the main plot revolves around the fact that his mom is in love with him. That
1: is true. It's a very prominent part of the movie. It's the fact that he's like, oh, damn, I gotta get my parents back together because now my mom has the hots for me. (laughs) you telling me that my mom has got the hots for me? (laughs) Yeah. He
0: says, says, are you telling me a lot? You telling me that you built a time machine
1: out of of a DeLorean?
0: DeLorean? Um... That isn't ruined, though. What? The thing that isn't (laughs) ruined by casual incest. No, it's not. Yeah, so I don't think it is. Uh, So I feel like the big contenders are either Back to the Future or Star Wars. Mm -hmm. And I mean, hmm. Star Wars is one massive franchise. I mean, Back to the Future is two, but I would argue that Star Wars is a lot bigger of a franchise. Star Wars is. If we but talk as a about whole, Star I mean, Wars, guess, no Star mind. Wars is a movie that came out in the late 70s, and kids today, like little still, kids, yeah. still love it. I mean, it has spawned a lot of TV shows and stuff, and but that movie was responsible for like I think it kind of created the modern blockbuster, and also was responsible for like action figures, and like that was like a big thing
1: that spawned that kind of stuff to be popular. Mm-hmm. Hmm. what do you think i don't know i mean i haven't seen star wars i've seen the first you've one seen
0: the first you've seen the second one too i made you watch empire strikes back no
1: you didn't you did you put it on and i didn't watch it that's not fair we have to watch the empire strikes <laughs> back now. <laughs> no actually i think i came in and you were no yeah this is what happened i came in and you were re- already re-watching it so you had it like halfway through but it was halfway through the movie so i was like i'm not going to start watching it now i was i was like i grew up never watching it because my mom hated star wars and mm-hmm. i thought okay well
0: it's just kind of like a nerdy thing i'm not super into sci-fi so i don't think i would like it like i didn't really ever like star trek that much
1: my family was a star trek family my mom loves star trek yeah she hates star wars my family loves Star so trek. i never
0: watched it and then mckenna was like you should watch star wars and i was like you know what fine um like the most Star Wars knowledge I had was the Family Guy episodes where they spoofed Star Wars <sighs> and did like the whole movie. <laughs> yeah. Um but then I really like I really like the original trilogy. I've only seen the first 2 of the prequels and the first 2 of the sequels or whatever. So um I haven't seen all of it, but the original trilogy is like pretty iconic. Yeah. It's really good. So, you know, it it's it's hard, but Mm. I would I would honestly say that Back to the Future, I think because it relies more on that, that maybe it gives it an edge on the incest thing,
1: <laughs> <laughs> on the incest Which is scale. How? I mean, yeah, I will say that like, I know like I know what happens in Star Wars, mm-hmm. so I don't have zero knowledge on it, but I know that like it's not that big of a part of that movie. Yeah. It's just kind of like a layer. The movie's not really
0: about that. No. And I know people are kind of weirded out, but I, Yeah, I don't really care. But Back like,
1: to the Future is like, it's a main plot point. Yeah. So if we're going by like the quantities <laughs> of incest in the movie, yeah, Back to the Future wins, I would say. <laughs> but it still doesn't ruin it. Do you want to give it a point? I mean, I think I'd give it a point, but that's from someone who hasn't seen Star Wars. So I think it's... Yeah, I think we should give it the point. Okay.
0: I just think because it revolves more around that, it deserves it. Okay. Okay. And the third third one? Ooh. Best movie that recasts the main actor while filming. You're are there other to... contenders for oh, this? yeah, there's a good one. Okay. Ooh. There's more. I'm excited. Right. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. So <laughs> apparently our contenders are <laughs> Shrek. Recasting Shrek. Recasting Shrek with Mike Myers from Chris Farley because he passed away, which is really sad. Lord of the Rings recasting Arag- Aragorn with whoever it was who's hot. Um, <laughs> oh yeah, Viggo Mortensen. Yeah, he's oh, kind of weird. Um,
1: uh, he is, is hot.
0: hot. <laughs> uh, with with we don't know and Paddington who they recast Paddington. I'm guessing the voice of Paddington because Paddington himself is a CGI man. <laughs> <laughs> they replaced oh. Colin Firth with Ben Winch. Isn't Colin Firth in that movie? Doesn't he play
1: the guy? Because he sounded guy? too old. So they. Isn't Colin? I'm pretty sure. Mm-hmm. So they did the whole. They like recorded it, and then they were like, "Nah, you sound too have old." Just kidding. Have you ever seen the um, Have you seen her? Yeah, I have really not. Have yeah,
0: no, yeah. So her, they shot with some. Uh, they made the voice of, whatever, of what's Steph. her name? Um. Yeah, Samantha. They recast her, and they made it Scarlett Johansson because it was some other girl before that. They shot the whole movie, Jeez. all of Joaquin's parts that he, uh, Joaquin Phoenix's parts that he shot with, mm-hmm. um, whatever actress voicing it. They they redid it all at the end.
1: Wow. Okay, so let's go through each of our contenders and talk. Okay, about so them Shrek. Then. I feel like Mike Myers is kind of born to play that role. Yeah, you can't really imagine Shrek as anyone else. Next was we'll go to Lord of the Rings. Lord of the
0: Rings. Okay. We don't know who did it, but I, I feel mean like again, it was probably a good choice. Yeah. What else has Viggo Mortensen been in? That's really big, other than like Green Book. Oh uh, yeah. I mean, say what you want about Green Book, whatever. So, he was pretty yeah. good in it.
1: Yeah. I mean, again, I can't imagine that character as anyone else. So in Lord
0: of the Rings. Yeah. I've seen Lord of the Rings like once.
1: But, like, there's even so seeing it not <laughs> very much, you, like, you imagine that character. I mean, I do know And him. you're like, yeah, he actually is that's probably, the character. Other than, like, Bilbo. Actually, I guess I was going to say he's probably the character
0: that I know the most. But then I'm like, okay, but there's, but I mean, Bilbo's pretty iconic. And, um, Gollum's pretty iconic. Yeah. And, um, not Dumbledore. What's his name? <laughs> Dumbledore. <laughs> the guy who looks like Dumbledore. <laughs> <laughs>
1: oh, my God. The guy who
0: isn't he Dumbledore, but...
1: No. Gandalf? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Gandalf the
0: gray and white and whatever. Both. Oh my god. (laughs)
1: And, uh, (laughs) um... I just feel like... I think all of the Lord of the Rings... Orlando Bloom? (laughs) (laughs) I don't know his name. Legolas? Oh my god. (laughs) I think all of the characters in Lord of the Rings were, uh... Ended up being pretty perfect. Yes, yeah, yeah. so I
0: feel like that's probably a good thing that happened.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm crying. Okay. Um, what were the other Paddington. Others? Paddington. Which the only reason we're discussing Paddington is because it has such a randomly high Rotten Tomatoes score. Yeah, what the heck? We don't care about Rotten Tomatoes here at Cinegrade because no. we are our own Rotten yeah. Tomatoes. <laughs> Who needs Rotten Tomatoes?
1: Yeah, Rotten Tomatoes. When you Google a film, we aspire to have Rotten Tomatoes come up—the random like audience score and then our score.
0: <laughs> I'm very, I, I don't, I'm very cautious about judging a film based on a Rotten Tomatoes score. Because there's so many films I enjoy that just don't have very high scores. Yeah. Without a Paddle has, like, a 14%. That's not fair. <laughs> <laughs>
1: that movie's good. Without a Paddle. <laughs> what? What a meme of a and movie. My point is, like... <laughs> Rotten Tomatoes, you
0: can't trust. Yeah, because there's so yeah. many other people's opinions. That's yeah. why you should take the centigrade test. Yeah. And you should give your own score.
1: <laughs> wow. That was really smooth. What? I'm serious. <laughs> I know. I'm saying it was smooth. <laughs> but, like, Paddington has, like, 100% for what reason? That's crazy. I saw
0: that movie in theaters. I have not seen Paddington. Paddington is another example of the Flat Arc character mm. where he's, like, pure and everyone around him is the one who changes. Wow. Paddington is the Marty McFly of Bear oh, movies. Paddington. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Okay so um i i don't know if that matters but
1: um i mean what i'll say about paddington is that i mean i have not seen it but it doesn't seem like a movie that if it was a different person it would ruin it you know yeah i so, mean
0: voice acting is kind of different oh yeah. it's not Colin Firth it's Hugh
1: Bonneville like it could kind i, of I like, like yeah a voice actor can change like, a character. But uh, it definitely doesn't change it as much as, like, the fact that all these other things, it's people where you see them, and them themselves and things that they do make it iconic and, like, memorable. But definitely, Paddington, I guarantee you could a uh,
0: Here's the reason why I don't think any of those win this point, other whoa. than Back to the Future. Okay. It's because that's just, it's just so sad. They shot, like, six weeks... Six weeks of your life to have one of the biggest movies come out with a different actor in your place.
1: I mean, like, it's a rip for everybody. <laughs> mm-hmm. All of these recasts, it's so sad because a lot of them, yeah, it's like really big movies. These poor people that then got replaced. It's so sad. But. I mean, Back I don't to the know. Future
0: is just an iconic movie. It is. And I think this story of Eric Stoltz is pretty well known because Marty McFly is quite an iconic character. And it's really attributed to him. And it's really probably just because of Michael J. Fox. And so... This is a hard
1: category. <laughs> yeah. Because um, I also think it kind of does make a difference how much of their lives these other people put into the movie. If They put a lot of time into it. I feel like that's I mean, worse that of a I mean, that being said, recast. when you think of Michael J. Fox,
0: I don't know if you think of him as really anybody other than Marty McFly. Yeah. I mean, his part on Family Tides was really big, and he won a lot of Emmys for playing that role.
1: But other than that... But
0: he was in Teen Wolf, which I don't think was a very good movie, but people went and saw it because it was Michael J. Fox. And I would argue that now, because of his whole thing with his Parkinson's disease, that's a lot of what people think about when they think of him, is because he uh, was really affected by that. And he has, like, a lot of charities for it. Michael J. Fox, I'm going to say, is a pretty cool guy. <laughs> he's very nice. I've, he seems I've like seen, a cool he guy. He seems like he's just a genuinely good person. You know? I don't know. Like, what is what are, what are we saying? Is this the best movie? Is it, like, the saddest? <laughs> like, are we going for what movie is the best that has a recasted character? Or which one is the saddest? Um, or are we saying... They got replaced. Like because but, the guy got replaced, he only did a week of filming for, for Lord of the Rings, but he did six months of stunt training. And stunt training's, like, really intense. Which is a lot of work. Yeah. But how iconic is Viggo Mortensen's character compared to Marty McFly?
1: I think the fact that if you're saying that he did stunt training for, like, six months, that is, like, a long time to then be like, go to filming you're so excited you fly to new zealand you've been working on this movie for six months training getting your life ready to play this role and you go there for a week and they're like you know man they could they sit they bring you aside and you're like you know man it's it's not working yeah that is that is heartbreaking <laughs> so i think i give so it well to lord you of the would rings. say lord of the
0: rings i would say Back to the Future. yeah that's, so it's that's not going to get nodded. the point
1: okay yeah
0: so that being said it is time to add up all of our categories and our bonus points. Okay. Okay, so adding up all of our scores, including, should we do a drum roll?
1: We can That's that's an edit. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> including
0: <laughs> our bonus points, our final score is Ooh. 95.5%. Wow. What grade is that?
1: Chelsea's excited. A plus. A plus.
0: Oh my god! Making it our highest-rated <laughs> podcast <laughs> episode ever. That's wow. pretty good. That is. I pretty mean, good. I think that's a strong start, and I think it's deserved because yeah. this movie has really shaped my childhood.
1: I think it's also a movie that's shaped a lot of people's childhoods. Yeah, and like, it's just it's everywhere. It's in so much like pop culture. I mean, if you it's haven't seen this movie, I have no
0: idea why you're listening to this. <laughs> but you yeah. definitely should because it is just—it's just the type of movie that—I mean, it was huge at the time, and it's still kind of living on today.
1: Even if you haven't watched in a while, go rewatch it. It yeah. deserves a rewatch.
0: Yeah, this is just the type of movie that I'm probably going to show my kids, and then hopefully my kids will show their kids. Yeah. If I don't have kids, I'm showing it to my nieces and nephews. Yeah. Which are not born yet, but one day. <laughs> <laughs> I'm making everybody watch this. I need yep. to put in. I need to carry the legacy of Back to the Future on to next generations because it's just a solid, solid movie.
1: Yeah.
0: So anything else you want to say about
1: it? I think that's about it.
0: All right. So that that ends this episode. Be sure to follow us on Instagram at Cinadegree or on Twitter at Cinadegree to keep up with what films we review next. Feel free to send us suggestions on Instagram or email us at synegradepodcast at gmail.com. Let us know how you feel about the film. Send us your own cinegrade and give us any thoughts you had. Also, if you liked us, give us a five-star review on Apple or wherever you listen to us. Help us bump up the charts. Get us up there. We really appreciate you. Um,
1: <laughs> where <laughs> can they reach
0: you? <laughs> where can um, they reach you, Elsha?
1: <laughs> they can reach me on Instagram at ElshaKirk. Uh, it's nice and simple
0: yeah you can also reach me on instagram at underscore chelsea mitchell underscore if you want to keep up with us personally or ask us any questions never hesitate to reach out we're always up for conversation so uh, i think that's it for this week so stay safe stay happy and we'll see you next time on centigrade